Hello, people. Welcome to episode 60 of The Rock Show. Wow. Holy shit. So between me and you, we've done like a lot of episodes. Me and John up to like 84. Yeah, you guys were before us. Yeah, yeah. so we're doing, so this is um actually episode 60, and we have a special show for you guys today. We're actually going to be on for a little, because we're doing two shows today. Right. So this two is the rock shows yeah. back to back in the bunker. Yeah. Because uh, we had nowhere else to go. The bars are closed. The bars are closed. What are we going to do? What is everybody going to do? This is like Armageddon, man. It's like, like end of days. I was coming in on a train and, and uh, coming in from Queens on the train and all I saw was homeless and crazies. It was, it was, it was like Escape from New York or something, man. <laughs> no, it's more like, a, it's, not even, it's like the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go yeah. through all the bubs. Right, and all right, that. right, right. Get bang through all those gangs. Oh, my God. Wow. Once you see the guy with baseball bats, it's yeah. over. But uh, we're going to take you back to a, an earlier, more pleasant, simpler, innocent time, the early 1960s. Uh, today's show is on The Temptations, uh, one of the greatest bands, I'm, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, ever. Uh, they, um, they had a period of time that well, they did some music called Psychedelic Soul. Oh, yeah. And we're going to emphasize that a little bit. We're going to talk about a little bit of the history and then get into some of the Psychedelic Soul albums specifically. So I hope you all enjoy it. <clears throat> if you're sitting home doing nothing, working from home because you're quarantined with the virus, or God forbid, oh, I hope you're not, you know, just hang out. We're going to be with you for a little while today. Yeah. So if you need right. entertainment, you will be entertained with Getting the story. Getting up entertainment. Glue. Yeah. Glue. glue. The glue. <laughs> all right. Um, now, the, the Temptations, uh, there was a classic five lineup of them. Which consisted of David Ruffin, mm-hmm. Melvin Franklin, Paul Williams, Otis Williams, and they're not related, uh, and Eddie Kendricks. But the origin of the band really started uh, with the combination of two different bands with, yeah. with some of those members. They were rival bands, actually. They, they were rival, like, you know, friendly rivals. Friendly they, rival. they didn't hate each other, but it, it was what happened was they came from two different parts of the country, they all ended up in Detroit, and they formed it. Okay, now Eddie Kendricks and Paul Williams were from Birmingham, Alabama, and they sang together in their, their same church. They also were in some doo-wop bands together, uh, one in particular called the Cavaliers in the mid-50s. Now, um, in 57, they were doing pretty well with the band, but they decided to take it and move to Detroit, where they would actually change the name to the Primes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they wanted to try to make it in Detroit. It seemed that that was the R&B capital of, of America at that point, so that's what they wanted to do. Now, they had a manager named uh, Milton Jenkins that kind of directed the band, and he actually formed uh, a sister group to the Primes called the Primettes, and they would eventually become the Supremes. Yep. Okay? But show's not about that. Okay? Yep. So, about the Primes. Now, they also signed up with a very interesting character where they were uh, Barry Gordy. Well, Barry, Barry Gordy is... Well, the, the, guy, the guy was a genius, okay? And, but he was a motherfucker. Well, you know, he's a businessman. Yeah. You know? Now, at the same time as the Primes, Otis Williams and Melvin Franklin were part of a vocal group called The Distance. D-I-S-T-A-N-T-S, Distance. And they recorded a single called Come On in 1959 and another one called All Right in 1960 for Northern Records. So they had a, a little bit more of a career at that point than the Primes. 
uh, both bands were aware of each other and even were like kind of like friendly rivals with each other but both bands would break up in 1960 uh, and it was it was interesting because they broke up but both bands were being courted by Barry Gordy yeah so that he was kind of like instrumental in bringing these two groups together to make one group yep okay and you know do some kind of miracle the stars lined up in the heavens and Otis Williams Melvin Franklin Eddie Kendricks and Paul Williams with a new singer named Al Bryant came together to audition for Motown under the name The Elgins yep okay they didn't have The Temptations name yet and that was in March of 1961 turned out there was another group called The Elgins and so they had to come up with another name um they were throwing some ideas around there was some record company employees that had a few ideas they were throwing ideas around and they came up with The Temptations um now two singles were released very quickly by by Miracle Records which was like a subset of of Motown and Berry Berry Records at the time I don't I'm not quite sure if there was Motown technically at that point well, I think it was Berry Records yeah because then it was it just turned wherever they lived it turned into Hipville well Hitsville was the recording studio where yeah. all the Detroit ba- bands uh, recorded Hitsville USA that would be the the center of yeah. all that um now, they released two singles right off the bat, one called Oh Mother of Mine mm-hmm. and another song called Check Yourself. Yep. Uh, Paul Williams actually sang lead on both of those. And Gordy, shortly after that, would close Miracle Records and then put them on the Gordy record label. Yeah. All right, so there was a lot of wheeling and dealing going on with those labels to come up with the, the right kind of thing. Um, they came out with a single called You're My Dream Come True. Um, and that got to number 22 on the R&B charts in 1962. At this point, The Temptations, you know, hadn't broken uh, in the pop world yet. Uh, it was still early. Yeah, let me ask you a question about yeah. that. Um, so most of this hit, this sound, to me, a lot of this song didn't sound like R&B. It sounded more like popular music. Like, if you listen to this, a lot of that stuff is more like popular music. Even that stuff that came out, but they... I guess because they were black, that's what the cargo of them and R and B yeah. was that that's what it that's, was. That's what it was. If you weren't a white act, you were a black act. You were so you, right. were so you, you, you were you were throwing uh, that R and B. They definitely I mean I would classify them as R and B, but with, you know, a pop tinge to it, especially with certain songs. Let me tell you my girl is a pop song. That's yeah. not R&B. No, that's no, no, absolutely. That's that's not that's a that's, that would be less R and B and more pop. Even the uh, But even it, like 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 Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Yeah, that's something like that's more of an R and B. But that could, that's another song that's in the borderline. That borderline. could be a pop song yeah. or it could be R and B. Well once song. they got into those songs and they were making it, they they had a formula. Yeah. And they stuck with it. You know, they kind of abandoned I guess more of that doo-woppy vocal group thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, when they get into the psychedelic soul stuff, it's totally different. Oh, when they, know, but they, to they, me, they, that's more and be anything that's psychedelic stuff. You think so? Because yeah, they, yeah. they, they have a lot of, um, I, I agree, but I think that they have a lot of like, you know, I mean, it's guitar playing, yeah, rock, okay, rock no, but, guitar playing. But but they, they added that to get that weird sound, which was yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, I was it was inventive at the time. Now, um, the group began touring a lot in, in, after that hit of You're My Dream Come True on the R&B charts. Um, they released a, a couple more singles, and they started working with Smokey Robinson. He was starting to write some songs. Let me ask you, was Smokey Robinson was considered Temptation? No. He was just Smokey no, Robinson. No, there was, there was Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Yeah. That was a totally different thing. I wonder why he never just sang with them. I he had his own thing. Now, he, 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 he was more than... 
just a singer. He had his own musical career, but he wrote for a lot of artists. Yeah. Okay. He wrote and of the songs. He wrote, especially those early ones. He wrote yeah. quite a few. Um, oh, My Girl. Involved, he My was, Girl, Yeah, yes. was involved with the writing and him collaborating with other people. Uh, I don't think there was any interest in him becoming a temptation. They kind of had that down. You know, um, him being in it, probably, he was probably too too much of a personality on his own right. to be that, you know. So by 63, um, Al Bryant was becoming disillusioned with the band and frustrated, really, because they weren't making it as quickly as he wanted. Uh, the rigorous touring affected his day job. Al Bryant was a milkman. <laughs> well, you know what? They weren't making a lot of money, and he kept that job. I don't blame him. You know? He was like the Dave Chappelle kind of milkman. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, he had a couple of altercations, probably drunken. There you go, lumped up, Espalon. Jonathan, the drinks are here, baby. We might not have a bar, but there's drinking going on. There's always something here. Um, he had an altercation with Paul Williams in the band. Uh, he actually, at one point, he, he threw a beer bottle at him on stage. Okay, so there was like some crazy shit going on. There was always like a lot of... Infighting. Infighting with yeah. the band. They stayed together, but there was always like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, aspiring singer David Ruffin became a, a fan and a follower of the band. He would go to a lot of the shows, and he was trying to make himself known um, as wanting to be a member of The Temptations. Uh, he would even jump up on stage sometimes and just, you know, and they started to kind of like like the guy and appreciate yeah. what he was doing. Um, Al Bryant wasn't working out because of his attitude. And uh, after a Christmas performance where he got into another big altercation with, with Paul Williams, um, he was fired from the band and David Ruffin was asked to join. How crazy is that guy that was a groupie pretty much? No, that's happened. That's yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, in those days, you know, these bands had close contact with their fans. It's not like what later on, yeah. you know. I mean, they were playing in small clubs and they weren't huge yet. And then the way Richie Manitoba got with the dictator. Dick, yeah, he, he was. was he like, was like a. He was like. Uh, he was a. Uh, a friend and and it, you know like carried equipment and all kinds of shit. You know, helped them with the band, and he just ended up. Why don't you sing these songs with us? Yeah, you know, that happens. You know, um, in April of '64. At that, excuse me, in January of 64, Ruffin was brought in, uh, and that was the Classic Five combination that I mentioned yeah. earlier. In April of 64, this is when they started to take off. You had The Way You Do the Things You Do. That's okay, a great song. Right? That was their first top 20 hit. Um, Kendricks, uh, Eddie Kendricks, was actually the, the lead of that. Um, in the early days of The Temptations, different guys would take the lead in the song. Um, and that was the style. But that would change when we get into the psychedelic soul. I'll explain yeah. more about that. Um, in 64, December of that year, My Girl was released. And it was a huge hit. Uh, it was the first Ruffin lead vocal, even though he'd been in the band for a few months already. It was his first lead vocal, and it went to number one with a bullet. That was a great song. Yeah. Uh, Ain't Too Proud to Beg was the next one. Yep. Okay, again, singing with David Ruffin. And this was when they got uh, affiliated with producer Norman Whitfield, who would go on to produce a lot of albums and singles with them. Uh, he, with Ain't Too Proud to Beg, he brought in like some heavier bass, uh, heavier brass, I should say, also sound, um, a little bit of a harder edge, and more like um, 
a James Brown sort of like influence yeah. with things. Uh, they were going in what, you know, at that point there was no word for it, but it was like a funkier, you know, direction. There was no word funk yet, but that's, what, you know. I did. I, I always liked the song, I Wish It Would Rain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. Well, I, I don't think, I never heard a song from The Temptations I didn't like. You know, they, they, they got songs that are better than others, but they're, they're always listenable. Um, between 1966 and 68... Pass me that shot behind the silver cups. Behind the silver cups. Right there. That, that, yeah, yeah, give me that little bottle. Oh, that little, I thought... Shot glass. Yeah. There no. you go. All right. Between 66 and 68, uh, they had several hits, including what you just said, I Wish It Would Rain. Yeah. And I Could Never Love Another After Loving You. I mean, they were known for their ballads. Uh, that would change, okay? Because by 67... Uh, David Ruffin would start kind of getting out of control. Uh, he was getting very demanding with special treatment that he wanted. He didn't want to ride with the other guys. Yeah. He had his own limo, which rumors say was mink-lined. Okay? Uh, he was walking around with his girlfriend, Tammy Terrell, who was like a, an up-and-coming singer. She'd been around for a while. Uh, backups and stuff. She had her own career too. Yeah. She would actually die around that time too of a brain cancer. Of a brain cancer. Wow. But he was dating her, um, and uh, he would often not ride with the guys and just be like, "You wanted to change the name of the band to David Ruffin and the Temptations." Yeah, and that was like, yeah, fuck you know. Me. And he was like, "Well, if you're going with Diana Ross and the Supremes, why can't we do David Ruffin and the Temptations?" Yeah, but you, you're not Diana Ross, man. Yeah. You know, no, so, Diana Ross. Yeah. is Diana Ross. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's different. Okay, so when I was also banging the well, when you're banging Barry, when you're banging Barry, Barry, Barry Gordy, Gordy you yeah, know, Barry you Gordy. get to do whatever you want, <laughs> you know. It, it would happen. That happens with a lot of you know bands. Um, now he was also uh, Ruffin was also annoying Barry Gordy like crazy because yeah. he was demanding um, outside accounting agencies to look at the books. He felt Gordy was ripping them off. Uh, they would bring in outside accountants, but they never actually had full. You know, disclosure, disclosure as to what was going on. They they they, they stonewalled him pretty much, and uh, he also had a heavy cocaine problem, David Ruffin, which would eventually kill him later well, on, yeah. later on in life. Yep. You know, um, they fired David Ruffin June twenty seventh, nineteen sixty eight. They had enough of his bullshit, and they brought in a guy named Dennis Edwards, who was the lead singer of the Contours. Uh, if you remember that song, "Do You Love Me," that was that yeah. was the Contours. Uh, and I believe Do You Love Me was actually supposed to be done by the Temptations. And through some strange, you know, thing, they, they ended up not recording it. They, it was given to the contours to do. Um, but, but I think Denton's that would fit very well. Oh, he fit perfectly. And, and, and he was friends with Ruffin. Yeah. Which was a kind of a weird thing. Like, he was yeah. buddies with him, and they Ruffin knew he was going to get fired. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the story supposedly goes like Ruffin and the, and the band... Had a rehearsal. He when it was over, he was hanging out with Edwards, and they they were like talking. And he told Edwards, "Look, you know, tomorrow morning you're gonna get a call from the Temptations. They want you to be the lead." Yeah. Oh, so he knew that. Yeah, and he says, "Well, I can't do that with friends. You know, I can't." You know, and he's like, "No, no." And they talked all night, and Ruffin convinced them to do it, and he just fit right in, no problem. Uh, in fact, what would happen, strangely enough, over the next few months is when they would play live. Ruffin would show up sometimes 
Okay, he would he would actually show up at gigs and come up and sing like "Ain't Too Proud to Beg" or something. Oh my god! Okay, and and Edwards would just stand there because he's supposed to be singing it and just be like, "Okay, you know, whatever, you know." Yeah, I and that, that went on for a few months, and then you know, Ruffin kind of got his own career going for a little while. Um, <clears throat> this was the period. Now we're going to get into called psychedelic soul. In the fall of '68, Norman Whitfield began producing and writing new material, and he was being strongly influenced by well James Brown yeah and also um, Funkadelic okay and Sly and the Family Stone this was what he felt was like an up you know a modern sound for black music I also uh, thought Jimi Hendrix was a little bit like that like that psychedelic so kind of well, because he was like, yeah, well, no, he, he was definitely, was definitely psych- psychedelic. He was, he was he definitely, definitely like, psychedelic, especially with the guitar and shit. That yeah. was definitely psychedelic. They never, they never took the level of guitar playing and the Temptations no. to Hendrix levels, no. or even close. But, but it was like you know, you would hear a lot of wah wah pedal, yeah, that's and stuff what I mean. like that. But Hendrix didn't get into too much wah wah pedal. He has albums with that, yeah. Okay? But it, it wasn't like you know the early. I mean, he was making his own noise. Yeah, that was a totally, totally different sound. But in October of 68, they came out with what would be really the first psychedelic soul single, and that would be the song Cloud Nine. Um, all five, the, song. And all five Temptations, this was the, the, the difference with the way they recorded it. In the past, they would have one guy be the lead and other guys be the background. This was like a trade-off. You would hear all of them sing lines. Oh, okay? wow. And if you listen to that style, that's exactly what it is. They, they, yeah. There's really no lead. Through the whole song, it'd be like, you know, Edwards would sing. Uh, even Melvin Franklin, he had the deep voice. Occasionally, he would yeah. get something, a line in there, um, and uh, it was the idea was to kind of blend the Motown sound with psychedelia. All right, that's almost like what uh, Boys to Men did a lot. Everybody, there was like one guy that sang most of the lyrics, but then each guy had their own. Yeah. Well, that you lyrics. know, they sent they set the the, the, yeah. the the formula for that. And that was 20-odd years later. You think that's in the formula that for rap? That's what a lot of rap group, they're not really back, but they got a bunch of different guys doing yeah. their own verses? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure, okay, because the idea is is everybody gets to say something. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, that kind of started with that. It's a good point. I didn't think of that. Um, that also, Cloud9 would be a top 10 hit for them, and Motown got its first Grammy that year uh, in 1969 for Best R&B Group. Now, I read that when I was researching it, and I, was, I actually had to, like, think about that for a second. Yeah. How come it took so long into 69 for Motown to get a Grammy? That's, that's the first, first Grammy? Uh, what, no, Grammys were allowed around longer No, I mean, that. but that was the first, that, like... Motown Records' first Grammy. Even with Smokey Robinson in there? And, yeah, and, and Supremes. And the, the Supreme, wow. Yeah, so... Uh, definitely, that's definitely too little, too late. I don't understand. It's a bunch of racists. It's racist. Yeah, I, 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 know. I know. I think they didn't know what to do with black music at, in the beginning I think of that's the Grammys. What it was. You know, they they they, they, they wanted to, to recognize heavy metal. it. Remember what? when heavy metal first got a Grammy? Like, they got like oh, a Grammy. They gave it to Jethro Tull. Yeah, it was instead like, of Metallica. What the fuck? That was yeah. I mean, similar thing where they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know what. That's yeah. another example. They didn't know what to do yeah. with Motown. The Temptations. They didn't know. Or they, you know, people. I think they. There was probably some level of the Grammys that didn't want to take it seriously, but it really—I mean, people were buying these albums. They yeah. were—they were—they were huge sellers. Um, the second single off of the Cloud Nine album would be "Runaway Child, Running Wild." 
and it had a long instrumental section in the beginning, uh, a long jam session in the middle, um, and it would be kind of like a trademark sound for that psychedelic soul. Yeah, that was... Um, and it talked about, you know, uh, social issues. Yeah. Okay, runaway kids, what they get into, uh, you know, they, they were becoming more socially conscious, the, the Temptations... And a lot of bands were. I mean, the Supremes had Love Child. Yeah. Okay, that whole album is... I mean, there's a song on there. Uh, I think it's called Does Your Mother Know on the Love Child album. Where, 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 I think it's called Does Your Mother Know. I think and it is. It's Diana Ross is, is singing about... She's singing to her boyfriend, and it turns out he's a white guy. And she's you saying, know, does your mother, mother know, know about me? Yeah. Is she going to accept me? You know, and these were... You know, the world was changing, so these were, the music was changing. Yeah. You know? Um, Cloud Nine got a little bit of a criticism because it supposedly was a drug reference, but the band felt it wasn't. Well, it, it it is, but the band I'm tried. In Cloud Nine. Yeah, comes with being love and Simon Cloud Nine. You know, they tried to say they tried to play it down. I guess to try to not make a controversy. But yeah, I mean, you listen to the words. He's saying I'm riding high on Cloud Nine because everything around him sucks. So he's saying, I'm going to go out and get high. He doesn't say high, but I'm going to be on cloud nine. Now, they said, oh, it will just meant like we're going to, you know, ignore, you know, but it, you know what it means. All yeah. you got to do is listen to the song. That's what he was yeah. like, which it will rain. <laughs> <laughs> now, they, in the whole era of psychedelic soul, uh, not too many albums, only really one or two would really delve completely into that sound. Because the, the Temptations were always known for their ballads, and they always had to have a couple on there. Like, even on the Cloud Nine album, they were changing their style. They still brought a ballad on called uh, Why Did She Have to Leave Me? Why Did She Have to Go? Um, that was a, a, a you know popular song, even though it wasn't a single. Um, what do you think of Ball Confusion? Ball of Confusion's about a year away. I'll go into that in a minute because that's, that's one of my favorites. That is one of the fucking it, best it, albums they, they, ever. They, there's one album in between there called 1969's Puzzle People. Okay, Puzzle People. And I've been listening to this album a lot lately, uh, getting into the research for this yeah. show. And I really think it's probably the best or one of two that the really off, I, that they ever did. Yeah. Okay, because it had the, um, the, it starts off with I Can't Get Next to You. Okay, yeah, it's great. Yeah, you know, and when you listen to I Can't Get Next to You, there's the single version and there's the album version. Yeah. And the album has like this intro where like they're, they're like there's all this commotion and everything and then it just kicks in. Oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's fucking great. You think that's like that's like the theme for uh, the coronavirus? I can't get next to you. <laughs> <laughs> write a song called Social Distancing. Social Distancing. That's pretty much what's happening right now. I, I gotta tell you, I, I, I'm getting sick of that term, man. That's you know, social distancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep on but, social distancing because uh, you can't have more than 10 <laughs> people. You know what? They don't want you to have 10 more people because there's no people who lose their shit and just go riot. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll come up with something to do when there's nothing to do. You know, you see but, the Walking Dead. See how they live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Zombieland! Stop packing your Twinkies. I, I just, I can't. <laughs> I mean, everything that's going on is totally nuts right now. That's why I'm glad we're doing this show. Yeah. All right, because I, I wanted to continue. We could have said, "Oh, we're going to do any more shows for a while." I didn't want to do that. I'm not worried about this that much. Uh, I kind of like it that there's parking and nobody around, and you know all that, but. Uh, getting back to Puzzle People, you had I Can't Get Next to You, Run, uh, Running Away Ain't Gonna Help You, 
Don't Let the Joneses Get You Down. Which is it's a great tune because he's talking about like, you know, stop looking at the material shit yeah. that everybody's got. Worry about yourself. You know. Uh then there was the the song called Message from a Black Man. Uh that was a very socially conscious song that they Message would do. From a black man. That that they yep, that they you would want a of the tequila? No, I'm good. You good? I am good. Um the uh Message from a Black Man kind of became a black power song. Uh, and it, it, it's interesting, and actually, the album went to, to top five. Um, it's interesting because, what do you got there? The good stuff. Ooh. Instant, $80. Dollars. Instant sanitizer. <laughs> yep. That's gold right there. Gold, baby. You know. Um, the whole, like, socially conscious thing that they were getting into, they weren't all on board with it. No. Okay? And they felt that it was stuff that they really didn't want to discuss in song, you know, but Norman Whitfield and and uh, Barrett Strong, who wrote a lot a lot of the songs with Whitfield, it just kept giving them this type of music, and they kept going for it, and it was popular. But it was they popular. were making they were making money. You know what it is? Because they didn't really want to show any political. They didn't no. want to talk well, about. Well, one thing, go- one thing, Gordy stuff. Gordy was against it to some degree yeah. too. Yeah. And what he would do uh, a lot of times is they would release. Other Temptations albums during that time, yeah. even on the same day, they would come up with like there's one album that they did with the Supremes, yeah, that's like a duets type thing, yeah. and it came out the same time as this stuff, yeah, you know. So and both would do well, yeah. So if you were a Temptations fan, you didn't. It was kind of smart, I guess. Yeah. If you didn't want to have that socially conscious stuff yeah. over here, you could still hear the ballads and the songs that they were known for over here. Yeah, with you the know, Supreme. Yeah. With the Supremes or anybody else. Um, they even went to the point that they were releasing uh, Best Of albums. Also, yes, Best Of's were coming out at the and same time, And it was like, too. oh, shit, man, yeah. what the hell's going on? Because he just didn't like the albums that they were doing at that time. Well, I mean, they had enough hits at that yeah. point. Now, in 1970, they came out with this amazing album called Psychedelic Shack. Oof. Okay. Uh, again, a Norman Whitfield and Barrett Strong uh, writing team and production team. Um, this album was was probably the only one that really was totally psychedelic soul. Yeah. Uh, Paul Williams had actually become sick at that point. He had a terrible drinking problem, and he also had sickle cell anemia. Yeah. So it it, it would be some of his last material. They they were brought uh, they brought in a guy named Richard Street on vocals. Uh, to help out recording that album, he was yeah. with a lesser-known Motown band called the Monitors. Those were had like Don Harris, Rob Tyson. Yeah, there were a few other people brought in to help make the record because, you know, Paul Williams was sick. Um, there was a lot of infighting with this album. Okay? Oh yeah. Eddie Kendricks and Otis Williams were not getting along at this point at all. Um, but, you know, it seems like the more these guys fight, the better records they make. Oh yeah. All right. Because, I mean, you had, there's a track on here called You Make Your Own Heaven and Hell Right Here on Earth. You got the title track, which is amazing. You know, Psychedelic Shack is where yeah. it's at. Yeah. Psychedelic Shack, right? Fantastic. You know, um, uh, a song called Take a Stroll Through Your Mind, uh, kind of a psychedelic kind of sound. Uh, and then the original version of War, which was done by Edwin Starr later on. Uh, but the Temptations actually recorded that song first. Oh yeah, I know that. That's the, probably the best song of war. Yeah, you know? yeah, I think it is. Um, you mentioned the greatest hits albums coming out. Now, in the same year as Psychedelic Psychedelic Shacks, nineteen seventy, they came out with um, Ball of Confusion. Yep. It was a non-album single, 
that they also tacked on to this Greatest Hits Volume 2, okay, to help push the sales of that along. Um, it was written by Norman Whitfield and Barrett Strong again. Uh, they brought in, uh, they've been using the Funk Brothers. Now, the Funk Brothers, I, I, I think they need, name, they need to be named in, okay? Yeah. I'm going to name all 13 of these guys because they play on, like, Temptations, Supremes, other Motown albums and, and bands, and they don't really get any credit, and it was done that way on purpose to keep a kind of mystery about them. Yeah. They were almost like Motown's version of the Wrecking Crew, which was L.A.'s session musicians. Yeah. Remember, like, Dr. John was part of that? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, those guys? Okay. Uh, but this was the Detroit version. So you had 13 different guys. Uh, wow. Richard Pistol Allen, Jackie Ashford, Bob Babbitt, Benny Benjamin, Eddie Bongo Brown, Johnny Griffith, uh, Joe Hunter, James Jameson, Uriel Jones, Joe Messina, Earl Van Dyke, Robert White, Eddie Willis. Okay. Wow. Now that's a lot of motherfuckers. Uh, yeah, and these guys played everything. Okay, everything. All the all the background music that you hear on these Temptations records is these guys. Um, in my opinion, I would say Ball of Confusion is their most perfect example of psychedelic soul. That is really uh, And it's probably great. their. I mean, I, if you listen to it today, it, it could have been written now. Oh yeah. It could have been written yep. now. Okay, it, it's fifty years old already. Um, it was after Ball of Confusion's popularity, kind of, the, the psychedelic soul thing was starting to wane a little bit, but not yet, okay? Because in 71, they came out with the album called Sky's the Limit. Yeah. And that had the number one hit, Just My Imagination. Yep. That's now, that, 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 that's song. not really psychedelic soul, because they were back to putting some regular soulful ballads on there, but it's a great tune. Uh, it will be covered a few years later by the Stones. Yep. In fact, the Stones were known for covering a few Temptation songs. They did My Girl. Oh, yep. A few others. Uh, also on that album... They've done the version of I Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Yes, yes, Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Yeah. On, on, uh... Yeah, is it on Some Girls? No, no, it's on... No, it's earlier. It's on, uh... It's Only Rock and Roll, I believe. Yeah, but so they that, did, that, Yeah, Ain't Too Proud yeah, to Beg. They did yep. that version, you know, yeah. and it was damn good, I think, oh, yeah. with the Rolling Stone. Yeah, I mean, they always recognize the Temptations as an influence. Oh, they're definitely, yeah. like, you can hear it in the music definitely. also. They got that harmony and the way, you know, it's, yep. it's just Especially the way they the early stuff. Yeah, right. Yep. Now, they this album, Sky's the Limit, had the original version of Smiling Faces sometimes. Smiling Faces. Right? Now, that was a top five hit for the Undisputed Truth around that same time, which was another black act. Um, and the Smiling Faces version on The Temptations is like 11, 12 minutes long. Well, jam. Uh, this was the last album with Eddie Kendricks. All right. Um, you had another song on here called uh, Ungena Za Ulumwengo, which means Unite the World in Swahili. Oh, Swahili. Right. Yeah. Now, that was released as a single and it bombed. It, it didn't even make the top 30, which for the Temptations, it was yeah. a bomb, you know. Uh, and it kind of marked the beginning of, of the end of Psychedelic Soul, though they would continue with this. Um, 1972, they came out with the Solid Rock album. Now, Paul Williams, uh, it would be Paul Williams' last vocal track. Uh, he was officially out of the band at that point, but he was kept on the payroll as a choreographer. Wow. Okay? And unfortunately, he would, uh, you know, he was very sick with alcoholism and, and sickle cell anemia. He would commit suicide in 1973, sadly. 
uh, Kendrick's at that point was out of the band also um, it, it was a troubled album making solid rock uh, I wonder why they called it solid rock when yeah. the band was kind of falling apart but uh, it, there's a song on there called uh, Superstar remember how you got where you are and it's a, it's a cool tune and it's like blasts Ruffin and Kendrick's calling them sellouts yeah and it kind of like says you know you got too big for your britches uh, it's an interesting track because it, it really kind of addressed that infighting do you see when it went to the Rock and Hall of Fame that you gave it to Six Temptations yeah why did they do that? Because the group changed so much. Because the group changed so much. So yeah. in nineteen, they had a, they had to re- they gave yeah, six they, guys. they had to recognize guys that were only in the band briefly because they had hits. Yeah. Okay. Big hits. Yeah, big hits that you couldn't ignore. Uh, Richard Street and Damon Harris would now be in the band officially. Uh, they were brought in to replace Kendricks and Williams. Uh, they came out with a new single called "Take a Look Around." Uh, also, a song called "What It Is." Stop the War Now was another one. It was like an anti-Vietnam song. And a cover of Ain't No Sunshine, which was the Bill Withers yeah. hit. Uh, that album didn't have too much psychedelic soul on it. It was more balanced. Uh, they were kind of losing interest in that. But in 72, uh, they would make one last ditch real big effort at this. And yeah. they produced one of their biggest records ever. Uh, this was the All Directions album. Great album. And Again, produced by Norman Whitfield, and this is the album that had the number one song, signature Temptation song, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Great fucking song. Which Papa is was one of the, I would put it one song. of the top ten greatest songs ever written. Uh, as a kid, Rob, you know, I, I gotta tell you the, a little background here. My dad was a giant Temptations fan. Oh, yeah? And my dad kind of, you know, molded some of my earliest influences in music, and one of them was The Temptations. Now, he used to have this album on 8-track. Oh, yeah? And I used to sit back on a little piece of shit 8-track player, you know, sit back and listen to this album all the time. And it just grew on me as a kid. And with Papa Was Rolling Stone, it's like 12 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, that's a okay? great song. And he's just talking do, do, about, do, do, you know, this do. hard life growing yeah. up and, and dad dies song. and the, they're asking the mother, what's this we're hearing about our father? Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's sad in a way, you know, and it, it just, it just, you know, you listen to it. If you really listen to the words, you could get emotional because it's like, holy shit, these guys are like just all they want to know is the truth about their father. He was a pimp. He was, he was all kinds of shit. He was all kinds of shit. You know, he was stealing for to pay his yeah. bills. You know, like the song goes. So I'm gonna tell, what was in the Rolling Stone magazine one hundred greatest artists of all time? Where do you think their temptation lies? They gotta be in the top fifty. Nah, Not a little lower. Yeah. Maybe 70? No, it's 68. Okay, that's close. Which I think is... I think that's a good... I guess, yeah. 100 greatest act of all time, remember. These things mean nothing. (laughs) You know, these these, these charts. Oh, of course. But, But, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad place. That's not a bad place. They're in the top 100. Think about how many people... Think about how many... Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's like... You can't... They're too big to ignore. Yeah. Really, you know? And their career was... Stretched a long period. Um, but think about that lineup. You had Smokey Robinson. Right, writing temptation. songs. Writing songs. But you yeah. had Smokey Robinson. You had the Temptation. Yeah. You had uh, the Supreme. Oh, you're talking Motown. I mean Motown. And then you yeah. had um this guy um 
the guy that got killed by his dad, what's his name? Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Think about that lineup. Think about having a concert like where they had the Motown 20th anniversary. All those people. And like you if you had Marvin Gaye, the Supremes, and the Temptations on the same bill. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that happened. Was Gladys Knight the pimp down with Motown? Gladys Knight the pimps was she? I believe so. I'm not sure. That I'm not sure. The pimps. Uh, the pimps, not pimps. The pimps. The pimps. Now, the pimps. Um, 1972's All Directions with Papa Was a Rolling Stone, that Great was the number one hit. Uh, they didn't want to record that song. They fought tooth and nail not to record it. They fought Will Phil like crazy because they felt uh, it, it, Otis Williams that didn't he felt like he didn't want to sing it. He's like, my father was a good guy. I don't want to like say this, you know. But, it's, but again, it was a song. You know, and they, they just they were trying to get away from that style. Yeah. And Whitfield was putting it on them, and you know they relented. They gave in, and it became an annoying. Yeah. Okay. Now there's also a track on here. I think I sent it to you. You know the song "Run Charlie Run." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's another song that they didn't want to yeah, do. Yeah, okay. A, because because <laughs> the lyric <laughs> the lyrics start out saying "Run, Charlie, run!" Ooh, the niggas are coming. Yeah, right. Y- you know, okay. Yeah. And, and they actually say it like several times oh in the song. Oh my god! That's, Even the Temptations didn't want to say that like, word. But, you know? but they did it. They it did it. But they, they didn't want to do it. You know. Um, but think about it in today's hip hop, how many uh, times they use it. Mean, it's like, no, it doesn't mean it's like, like say hello. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just like the coronavirus symptoms, yeah. it's just Tuesday. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> this Tuesday didn't happen too bad. I got up pretty I good. Was, I, I had, a, what, what I have, about five or six pints with you yesterday? Something yeah. like that? I was all right. I didn't have no shots. That was good. This it was morning. amazing how many people I had in the bar. I was like, yeah, international was, 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 was doing good yesterday. It was like a last call type yeah. feel, you know? Um, now, there's some other tracks on All Directions i got to mention. Um, a track called I Ain't Got Nothing, okay, which was the lead was by Otis Williams, which he didn't get too many leads. Uh, he also, they also did a cover of the Roberta Flack song, First Time I Ever Saw Your Face, which oh, is probably song. just as good, if not almost as good, as the original. Yeah. A lot of people have done that song, and the only two versions I'll ever listen to is the original and did this one. Did they even do a version of... Um you know you heard it through the grapevine? Yes. Yes, not on that album. I think it's on Cloud but they, Nine. They got a great Yeah, they do it. They do that the good. Grapevine. And they, on Puzzle People, they do a version of Hey Jude, which... Oh, yeah. Which, right. which I, I hate that song, but I, they, I, I like the way they do it. Yeah. You know why? Because there's no na-na-na-na-na at the fucking end. <laughs> they leave they leave that 10-minute shit out at the end. Because usually by the end of Hey Jude, you want to hang yourself. Yeah. Right? Hey, nah, you know? Sorry, nah, Beatles fans. Nah, nah, nah. Not a strong song by them. I don't give a shit what nah, you say. Nah, okay. nah. Oh, I hate that shit. I, I hate that song. Pretty much, I, I, you know what? I, I got a hatred for the Beatles, especially... No, I don't have a hatred for the Beatles, but there are some John, songs. John there's some songs that I just don't like, and they're not above criticism. I'm sorry. They're not. Okay, people put them like up here, and they got some clunkers, man. Oh, they got shit. Please, when I'm 64, yeah, that's a shit song. I'm sorry, sorry, Paul. I like you, but that song sucks. All right. Um, in 1973, they uh, oh one one other song from All Directions is a great song called Mother Nature. Uh, that was actually uh, an R and B hit. Didn't really do well in, in the pop charts, but it was a big R and B hit for, in '72. Now, in 73, they started working on an album called Masterpiece, 
uh, it would be released later that year. Um, Whitfield was starting to get into these like really long jams. Uh, he had done that off and on with this whole type of genre here, but uh, it was really kind of like out of control now. Um, there was a song called Hey Girl, I Like Your Style. Uh, Richard Street got the lead on that one. Um, but the title track, Masterpiece, is a 14-minute is a song with only three minutes of vocals. Yeah. Okay. And even the Temptations were like, this is excessive. And, and what was starting to happen was people were, were recognizing, like, a Norman Whitfield production more than it being a Temptations album, okay, just by the sound. Um, there was a track called Lore of the Land, which would be done by the Undisputed Truth as well. Uh, a song called Ma... Uh, a song called Plastic Man, which was a, a hit. It was a top 40 hit. Um, this album would also go to number one. And it was the last album recorded at Hitsville, USA in Detroit because Motown in 73 were packing bags and moving west. The city had turned to shit. It wasn't safe anymore. Yeah. And they moved to L.A. Um, all those acts would follow and then record out in Los Angeles after that. But Barry Gordy had an office out there too. In Los yeah, Angeles, oh, of course, they all did. They I think he did. got to the point that he was working there more because Diana Rose was bitching to him, come back home, and yeah. he's all right, I'm going to get you to California, we're going to make a movie. If you remember in the 70s, wasn't everybody moving to California? Yep. Happy Days. Yep. Laverne and Shirley. Yep. They all went out to California. That was like a big thing to do. Uh, in 74, they came out with an album called 1990. Uh, interesting title. Uh, they, the band did not want any kind of socially conscious music. They wanted to do ballads again. Um, but the 1990 track is kind of in that style, and also Ain't No Justice is a track that was kind of in that style. Uh, again, Whitfield's productions were becoming more well-known than the band. It was almost like it's just that sound. Like the, the people were getting away from that. Yeah, but um, that song was such a—I don't know—it was such a very good song, don't you think? Well, it, it was, and I have nothing against it. I, I, it's my favorite era from yeah. Um It's just that the band was never on board with it a hundred percent. They kind of followed Whitfield's lead, yeah. and and they didn't want you know Whitfield was a, a bit of a slave driver yeah. with them, and kind of treated them bad, uh, and like kind of treated them like you know. His band, yeah. You but know? you know what the thing was? He, um, I think Barry Gordy, Gordy also didn't like it because the lyrics they were writing again, they were writing very lyrics that nobody else was talking about. Yeah, they was singing stuff that you even gotta to remember today, what was going matters. on at that time <laughs> in the in the late, very late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. There was a lot of riots. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, uh, you know racial issues going on in this country. Marching, uh, the people were fighting over yeah. Vietnam. Uh, we were pretty divided, kind of like we how we are today. Um, but I, I think maybe on some level they didn't want to be involved with any of that because yeah. of the negativity. Um, that album would actually get to number 19, but it would be considered kind of like a bomb. Uh, the critics killed it. They didn't like it. Uh, and actually two singles off it were banned by DJs in America. The, the tracks Heavenly and You're Gonna Set My Soul on Fire they would not be I played. Know, I didn't think those songs were that bad. Why? No, it's not that they're bad. It's, it's that what happened was um, a record exec from Motown accepted an award for the Temptations at the American Music Awards. Okay. And he thanked all these people, but he didn't thank American DJs. Uh -huh. And they got pissed. Uh, yeah. Okay, they got pissed. 
and they decided to not you know play anything off this album and it kind of tanked the album so and that would be the end of that era of the temptations they would never be big after this uh, they would con- they would continue on. Yeah, when did Car Watch come out? Was it Car Watch a big hit also? Car Watch wasn't the Temptations. That was Rolls no. Royce. Oh yeah, Winfield Records taking yeah. the 19th century. That's the one. Yeah, because he he actually started his own he, record he, label. Yeah, and I think he worked with that band. Yeah, the something. Car Watch. He, there, yeah. there was something with him involved with that, and he went on to work with other bands. Yeah, and he, he had his own career too. I think his own career of music. After the top ten, let your head down. Shortly after Winfield yeah. left Motown, yeah. and in 1976, Starrage Winfield, Winfield, Winfield record, yeah. taking 1976 smash hit Car Wash. Yeah, uh, the Rolls Royce band. Yeah. Okay, that's a great tune. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the Temptations would continue on, eventually with pretty much just Otis Williams as the yeah. only original guy left. Uh, they haven't played in a while. I haven't. They seen did a them. reunion show with like Seven Temptation. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, but that was one in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Was the, they were in the. They were in a few movies. Save the Children. Yeah. Happy New Year. Who for who? Who's Harry Crumb? They were in the movie the two thousand and seven. Walk hard. Yes, <laughs> yes. They were in Walk Hard. That's right. Walk Hard is a fucking funny movie, man. Oh man. And, you know, you mentioned John, you know, Johnny Cash is spoofed in that. Johnny yeah. Cash actually did a cover of The First Time I Ever Saw Your Face. Oh, yeah. Which is like, with his voice. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah, a gravelly. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so that's it for The Temptations. Wow, uh, I did want to talk about... Look how good you did that to the point that the TV shows. And, I, and they also did a lot of special cover. Yeah. They were on The Love Bowl, I think, a few uh, times. Everybody was on The Love Bowl. That's a great show, yeah, you know. Um, I did want to talk about quickly the the Wire show that I saw last week. Uh, band called fun. Wire. Oh, the band! I thought the show The Wire was so good. No, 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 no. I'm talking about I'm talking about a I mean, band called the Wire. Wire. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, great, great show. Um, Wire is a, a punk band, a UK punk band. They started around '77 or so, um, and they had a classic punk album called uh, Pink Flag. Uh, great album, but. What I saw last week was the the band, but they were doing all their later stuff, which at first I was kind of disappointed because I didn't know until after I had obligated myself to the show. I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. But I was hoping to hear Pink Flag stuff. But wow. seeing it, I was, I was really pleasantly surprised. There were some tracks that I wasn't that familiar with. Uh, most of the songs I knew, maybe about 25% I didn't know. Um, but... That era of Wire kind of gets shit on, and I like. I'm, I think I want to start listening to them again and get into that kind of later period because there was some great tracks on there. Can we do a show on them? They're, they're a weird band. Yeah, we could. We could do a show on Wire. Show Why not? Why not? I think are we going to do a show on the Supreme? We, we could. All this temptation. We definitely got to talk about. We, we got to do a whole show on Barry Gory and the Supreme. We could do a show on the on the making of Motown, yeah, like the whole Motown label, how they did that, you know. Um, I was gonna talk about some upcoming shows that are out there, but already I think one of them's been canceled. Uh, I'll mention this, people, if you're interested. April April third, the Subhumans at Market Hotel. Uh, I I think that's canceled. It probably is. Uh, April eleventh and twelfth, the Lunachicks are playing Webster Hall. Now that's sold out. Uh, but I imagine it might be canceled. I think it's canceled. April seventeenth, the Undertones show at Gramercy. That's been canceled, 
And May 1st, GBH. And we did a show on GBH. Yep. They're playing the Gramercy. I don't think that's been canceled yet. Uh, I get a lot of uh, notifications from Gramercy, and all I saw was the undertones. So, so there might let's be, hope might that by that. May. Let's hope by May first, this fucking shit is over with. Because I think baseball already made the decision. To June, move June, June first. They said with that, the World Series is going to be in November. <laughs> if they go any further than that, they'll be playing at Christmas time. You know, it's ridiculous. Um, another thing. Um, I think if you're watching the show, it's St. Paddy's Day, and it's yeah. a very quiet St. Paddy. Very quiet. But I think, um, if you look it up, I think the Dropkick Murphy might be doing a show They're doing online. a show online. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. It's seven, uh, if you're watching live right now, it's March 17th. Uh, go on the Dropkick Murphy's Facebook page, if you like them. Uh, they're doing a live streaming show, I think from Boston. Usually that's where they are on yeah. St. Paddy's. Uh, at 7 o'clock tonight. Yep. So I will be in front of my computer watching that I'll tonight. I'll be doing the same thing. With, I'll be with a Guinness. With a Guinness. I won't have a Guinness, but I have enough to kill a, to, to kill, to kill a small child. There you go. And that's, I guess, the way it's going to be <laughs> for a few days now. We'll probably do um, we'll probably do a few shows from the bunker until everything gets straightened out. Nothing wrong with the bunker. Um, another thing, people, be safe. And remember, don't don't get get drunk, drunk, get lumped up. up. See you later.